It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. On this episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast, we are going to recap the last few minutes of last night's game as the Oklahoma City Thunder get ousted by the Portland Trailblazers. And I'll see if I can't come up with more superlatives about Damian Lillard and talk about Russell Westbrook and just how there never will be, never has been, couldn't possibly be a more perplexing player in the NBA and throughout its history than Brody. We'll talk about the tough decisions that Sam Presti has to make coming up here over the next few weeks. We've got exit interviews coming up tomorrow and we'll certainly have Audio from that for tomorrow's podcast. Plus, it's a simple question. Should Billy Donovan stay or should Billy Donovan go? I'll give you my answer on that coming up here in segment number three. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I also host a channel for maven.io called Thunder Maven. And you can find that at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. And if you like what you hear, go download the Himalaya app to your phone And then when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. I have to wonder, has the shock really worn off from last night? Have you gotten over Damian Lillard's historic performance in Game 5 of the NBA playoffs against the Oklahoma City Thunder? Have you gotten over the fact that the dude scored 50 points and hit a three-pointer from what still seems to be half court? Have you gotten over that? Okay, well, if the shock is worn off and you're still pissed off about what happened last night, A, I understand. And I certainly will never, under any circumstances, on this podcast, show, whatever, even remotely go down the road of telling you how to feel as a fan. That is all yours. You know exactly how you feel and how you want to feel. But I will say this. For all the, the things that have that Russell Westbrook has gotten killed for in this series, and many things he certainly deserves to be criticized for, most, most of all, just taking ill-advised threes, him going to the rim in the last few seconds of the game, which is Russell Westbrook's game, when we have been begging for him to go to the rim, I'll take it, I'll live with it, I can stomach the results. And if Damian Lillard is going to do something historic, then then there's not much I can really complain about as a fan because I got what I wanted out of Russell Westbrook. It was late, and yes, that performance was quintessential Russell Westbrook last night for all the right and the wrong reasons. But one of the right reasons was him going to the rim. That was a good decision by Russ. And everybody can scream and moan about how that ball should have been in Paul George's hands in the last few seconds of the game. I'm not saying that that is a bad argument or you're even wrong for having that opinion, 
But let's not forget that Paul George missed two free throws in the last couple of minutes of the game. And after Paul George missed those free throws, I think the Thunder got outscored 11-2 during that stretch. So do I want to give the ball back to a guy, although he had been hot and had played his best game of the series after he just missed two free throws? Especially when I would think that the entire defense is expecting him to get the ball? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances. I'll ride or die with Brody in that situation. And unfortunately, um, we ended up dying in that situation. Him and, I, him and I were in the car. We ended up, we rode, we died. That's the way things go. But when you talk about Russell Westbrook, going back to what I said, that was quintessential Russell Westbrook last night. Not only was the shooting percent garbage, but Russell Westbrook ended up with a triple-double last night, which, yeah, I need to double-check that. But I'm pretty sure, 100% certain, um, almost, that Russell Westbrook ended up with a triple-double. And he blew what could have been the game-winner. Matter of fact, he had two shots going to the rim in the last few minutes where he ended up missing it. Yet, yeah, double-checking Russell Westbrook. Um, twenty, Yeah, 29-14-11 and 11 last night. So, yes, Russell Westbrook did have a triple-double. Yeah, that's called, it's called preparation on my part. But for all the bad that Russ gave you, he still ultimately had you in position to win that game last night. Still had you. You were a stone's throw away from getting this back to Oklahoma City and having an opportunity to really put the pressure on Portland. And had they won, I'm still surprised that Portland outscored Oklahoma City 11-2 in those final minutes of the fourth quarter because I had even tweeted this out. I thought you could start to sense that Portland was feeling the weight of having to close this series out and that Oklahoma City was going to steal one in Portland. And at that point, I thought, man, you come back to Oklahoma City and you play tight, it's over. The Thunder are going to win this series. Damian Lillard, um, for a stretch there, there was like two or three minutes in the fourth quarter where he had missed some shots where I thought, man, even he's tight. But when they needed him to be big, he was big and he was all series. And when Portland needed to figure it out, Ultimately, they did. And when it comes to Russell Westbrook, when, when I mean, look, frame frame a game for Russ, that is the game you frame for Russell Westbrook. That is the game, if you're going to your grave, hey, you want to know everything Russell Westbrook's about? It's that game right there. And there has never been a player in the NBA that is more perplexing than Russell Westbrook, that can hurt your team and help your team all in the same night and most importantly, Russell Westbrook, after last night's game, took complete ownership of what he did wrong, saying ultimately he is a guy that must get better if the Thunder are going to succeed. The problem is, and the only analogy I can come up with on this, and I'll admit it's a bad analogy, but it's the only one that I could think of, is Russell Westbrook kind of reminds me of a junkie in the sense that yeah, I know I need to quit doing heroin. I know it's wrecking my life. I know it's ruining my family. I know I need to be more involved in certain things. But ultimately, I just can't help myself. 
And for Russ, what can he help himself do? Well, one, he can't help himself when there's an open three-pointer and guys are sagging off of him. He feels like he's got to take it. And he hits just enough to give himself confidence. Two, he can't help himself when he gets fouled and doesn't get a call that he has to either say something to the ref or he has to go try and prove a point and foul somebody hard. All these are, I mean, these are those are just two habits. And, and I got to wonder, I mean, for a guy that went and forced us to wait an hour and a half for him to do a post-game interview earlier in the year, supposedly so we could work on his shot, what exactly did it help? Free throws didn't get any better after that time. Your three-point shots didn't get any better last night. And, oh, while we're running down stats, four of 11 from beyond the arc. And you would think that if somebody knows that there's something that they need to correct, that they're going to work on everything they possibly can to correct this situation. But that's not who Russell Westbrook is. I mean, no, I take that back. That is who Russell Westbrook is. He will work his tail off to correct the situation. It's just that when he gets to the games, all of it seems to go out the window. And I know that we're going to talk about this season being lost for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I agree with that. And I would say that this is much more of a lost season than last year was because you had your second year of Paul George. He was an MVP candidate. You you brought in Dennis Schroeder, who probably exceeded everybody's expectations. You were able to bring Jeremy Grant back. And, and, And the best you could do was worse than what you did last year. Yeah, it's a lost season, but you know, give me, give me this at least. Um, it's almost like the Thunder curse reared its ugly head, especially when it came to Paul George's shoulders, and the fact that he was so beat up and banged up throughout this series. And if T Mac is right, it's a torn labrum, which is going to need surgery. It can't heal on its own. Maybe the Thunder just couldn't win this series just because, one, injuries. And Andre Robertson never played this year. And that certainly that certainly manifests itself during that game last night. It's one of those games that you could have used him. But with Paul George being banged up, you're just not having as much scoring off the bench. As much as anybody wants to blame Russell Westbrook or Paul George or any of the players for this series not going the way it did, Ultimately, the blame falls on one person. It falls on Sam Presti because he put this roster together. Plain and simple. Sam Presti is the one who has not given Russell Westbrook and or Paul George enough of the right type of people to play around them in order for this team to advance. And now it's on Sam Presti to make sure that happens. And coming up, we'll talk about some of the the tough questions that Oklahoma City has to answer going forward. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app to your phone. All you have to do is just go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and then, hey, download Himalaya to your phone, get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G, and Sam Presti certainly has some tough an- or some tough questions to be answering here over the next few weeks. And let- let's start with them. First and foremost, it, the, the salary cap is a major, major issue for Oklahoma City because you're projected to spend in salary right now $148.5 million. And that is before you go out and sign some of the free agents that you have, like a Nerlens Noel or Raymond Felton or a Markeith Morris. Okay, if we're being completely honest, you're not re-signing Raymond Felton. You're not re-signing Markeith Morris. As much as I want to see Raymond Felton around, if we really want Russell Westbrook to be that veteran leader that we know he can be, then you've got to get Raymond Felton out of the locker room. It's not that Raymond Felton's bad. Raymond Felton is, in fact, great for Oklahoma City. He's a good sounding board. But Russell Westbrook's over 30 now, and so is Paul George. And they really shouldn't need a guy like Raymond Felton holding their hand to be the leaders that they want. And for as good as it was to see Raymond Felton on the floor just for me because I like the guy, It was bad in a sense that it just really screamed how much depth you didn't have on the bench, how much there wasn't any scoring options on the bench. So he's gone. The Markeith Morris thing didn't pan out. He's gone. That'll certainly, they won't add to it. Nerland's Noel, on the other hand, whom I'd like to see the Thunder bring back, um, I believe he's got a player option. Um... I think he's got a player option for $1.98 million, so almost $2 million. But Patrick Patterson has a $5 million player option. And Patrick Patterson was not the guy we thought he was going to be. He's not who we thought he was. So what do you do about Patrick Patterson? Well, you can negotiate a buyout if he decides to opt in. And maybe he's willing to take less than what you're willing to pay him. I think he qualifies for the waiver stretch which means you waive him and then you spread his payments out over a period of time. Or, because Patrick Patterson, and I didn't think of this the last time I talked about it, because Patrick Patterson has an expiring contract that is still very attractive to some teams, you might be able to package Patrick Patterson in a deal because somebody will just want him, they'll take him, and then they'll release him to just kind of just because they'll take that expiring contract and they want to get some other money off the books. And I would think that that would be a likely scenario. So what does that mean? Well, right now it means you need to get more shooting and you're going to have to find a backup four for Jeremy Grant if Jeremy Grant is not possibly one of the guys you trade because he is really attractive to teams right now. And because Jeremy Grant has not developed into the shooter that you want, you might be able to find out, you might be able to find a less expensive, more of a stretch for out there. I don't know who that exactly is off the top of my head, but it's certainly worth exploring if you're Sam Presti. So start with the salary cap. What's this roster going to look like? You've got to upgrade the offense. And in order to do that, you are going to have to not only release guys and be very good at who you're signing, 
who's out there as a free agent, but you also may ultimately be faced with some tough decisions of having to trade a Steven Adams, having to trade a Jeremy Grant, spinning Dennis Schroeder, and just seeing what you can get for them if you can get better fits for Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I disagree with Charles Barkley when he says, hey man, move Russell Westbrook to the two. First of all, it's positionless basketball. And with Dennis Schroeder and Raymond Feltner out there and you've got three point guards and all of them can bring it up the floor, we've seen Russ go play the two this year. So that is clearly not the answer. Charles, I love you, man. You have forgotten more basketball than I am ever going to know. But it's very simple for Oklahoma City. You've got to find shooters. Now, in saying that, that's where the task comes for Sam Presti is finding those guys. And if they're not free agents, whom are you willing to part with in order to make that happen? And the other thing that you've got to ask yourself if you're Sam Presti is this. You've got a two-year window. Is the core of this team good enough, meaning the core, meaning Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and whoever you consider the third is? And I think those banners that you saw down at the Chesapeake Energy Arena were pretty telling when you've got Paul George on one column, Russell Westbrook on another, and then in the middle, you've got Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, and Dennis Schroeder. And whether the Thunder intended to or not, To me, that just spoke so loudly that this organization doesn't think they've got a big three. They have a big two and aren't really sure who that third is. Not that you necessarily need that one other dynamic player. If you can just get role players to rise up and play in moments like last night. But it tells me that they're still scrambling and searching for an identity to this roster and what exactly it is. And if it means letting go of some fan favorites, then you know what? I am I am all for it. But those are the things that, that Sam Presti has to deal with in the, in the next coming months. And unfortunately, when you're looking at $146 million in salary and $148 going into next year, um, you're wanting to get money off the books as quickly as you can. And if you're going to upgrade your roster and spend more, then you're put in that situation where you better be producing a championship. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, it's a simple question with a tough answer. Should Billy Donovan stay or should Billy Donovan go? We'll talk about it here on Locked on Thunder. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app to your phone. All you got to do is go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. It's real simple. And then just, hey, get the Himalaya app, download it to your phone, and then from there... Uh, when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder podcast. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I don't know what other Thunder podcasts are doing today, but I'm moving on. (laughs) I could only recap so much of that game last night without getting extremely pissed off, and I didn't want to have that kind of podcast today. So I'm moving on, trying to answer some of the tough questions over the next couple of days. 
Uh, the majority of this podcast is going to be dedicated to exit interviews, what players are saying, what we take out of them, who's coming back, who's not. Um, and can we tell, like we did with Carmelo Anthony last year, who's coming back and who's not? So let's get to the tough question on everybody's mind. Should Billy Donovan come back as the Thunder head coach? My answer is yes. Billy Donovan should come back as coach. Why? Because at this point, I have no clue who Russell Westbrook would actually listen to. Now, I did think of one guy that I had not mentioned before, and he interviewed for the Lakers job today. Does Russell Westbrook have enough respect for a guy like a Jason Kidd, whom he has already passed on the triple-double list, to listen to him and do what Jason Kidd tells him to do when he's on the court? It's that simple. And, and if the answer to that is no, then there probably isn't any coach that you're coveting right now in the NBA that you can bring into this situation that's going to do any better than what Billy Donovan is. And I love Billy Donovan, but I do think that it is really time for not just him, but for Sam Presti to really evaluate the approach to what the Thunder are doing on the court. Analytics, no analytics. I mean, look, I'm, I've never been one of these guys that says that you've got to be one way or the other. I'm not Charles Barkley when it comes to analytics, but I'm not Sam Presti either. I am somewhere in the middle on this. But there has to come a point where analytics be damned. You've got to coach on feel. You've got to understand the pace and the flow of a particular game. And you've got to understand what exactly your team is good at, what they're not good at, what they're having success at, and you've got to put them in position where they can capitalize on that. Billy Donovan did not do that this series. Billy Donovan continued to allow his team, in particular Russell Westbrook, and sometimes Dennis Schroeder, uh, to take threes they didn't need to be taking. And then Billy Donovan would come back and tell us in the post game that the Thunder need to be playing more downhill. That they need to be taking a fast break, taking opportunities, uh, you know, taking advantage of fast break opportunities, and they need to be going to the rim more. You know, he would tell us all this, and then the Thunder would not go out and do it. So either Portland did a great job of taking all that away from him, or those guys just heard the message and let it go in one ear and out the other, and that's a serious problem. And you've already committed to Billy Donovan in bringing him back. So now, if you're Clay Bennett, are you thrilled about having to pay a guy, A, for another year when dudes aren't listening to him? And are you thrilled about having to pay him when you've got to figure out what to do about the salary? And then maybe you have to bring someone in. But it's very simple. If the guy you want isn't out there, you might as well stick with Billy Donovan if for no other reason. It's stability. It's a guy these people are familiar with, and you can at least you at least know with Billy Donovan, if you're Sam Presti, he's a guy that's going to take into consideration the type of team that you want and everything that's going to have to be implemented. But do I think the Thunder need to flirt? Do I think they need to be putting out feelers and start talking to other coaches and gauging what their interest would be to coach this team? Yeah, and I start with Jason Kidd. And then I start with Darvin Ham, who's an assistant at Milwaukee. I'm not necessarily looking for your typical names. I'm just looking for guys 
that might get the attention of Russell Westbrook. And a guy like Darvin Ham, I would certainly hope he would be able to help out a dude like Steven Adams because what his main job has been in the NBA is working with big guys. But those are the two that I start with. Then I go to Monty Williams. Um, and I know that you've heard some of these names before. These are just the names I'm throwing out, but I've got to think that Sam's got a laundry list of dudes who are assistants in the NBA that might be good fit. I mean, look, Alvin Gentry might be a good fit here. Um, considering how messed up things got in, in, in New Orleans, he may be a good fit here at Oklahoma City. He may be able to do more with a roster that's built a little bit more conducive to winning than what he had down in New Orleans, and he may not want to deal with that drama. But I don't think it would hurt to pick up the phone and gauge interest from anyone that you're interested in right now. And that's nothing against Billy Donovan, but you've got such a short amount of time to get things done. You've got to take everything into account. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll hear from Billy Donovan, um, most likely Russell Westbrook and Paul George. The exit interviews start, and we'll have the highlights for you here on Locked on Thunder. Until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.